You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Born apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And as if you don't have enough added to your binge list, to your watch list, I'm going to add something else that I think you're going to be sucked in by the drama. I'm talking about the fourth installment of Fargo. I have not always followed Fargo, but let me tell you, I'm a fan drawn in now. Uh, By the way, it's on FX. So however you watch FX Network, it is available right now. Um, Five episodes are out. And so I'm drawn in because of a young lady by the name of Ethel Rita um, Smutney. Let me get it right. She is, see, there's like this mysterious thing about her. I can't tell if she's being nosy because, you know, like back in the day when your parents were like, stay out of grown folks business. Right. Or if she is just, you know, just so smart that everybody's not ready for it. So I can't tell. So I'm just like, I'm so drawn by each episode to figure out what she's into. (laughs) So I am so excited. You can hear her laughing in the background. I'm so excited for who I'm chatting with today. I'm talking about Breakout Star, and y'all, she is breaking out in the series. Um, Imari Crutchfield, she is joining me today, and I'm hoping she's going to shed a little bit of light on what's going on in um, Ethelita's mind. But first, Imari, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. All right, so before we get into Ethelita, I got to start from the beginning, if you don't mind. Tell us... Just like, and this, I don't know if this is the hardest question. I'm just going to put it simply though. Why acting? Like, what was it about acting that you wanted to get into? Um, So it, I really didn't, <laughs> it sounds crazy. I was about to say, I really didn't choose acting. It chose me. <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes your career kind of chooses you. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I was just like a very outgoing, like child, very outgoing, um, very expensive. Mm. Um, I wasn't shy at all. And so everyone I would encounter saw that. And so people were pushing my mom to put me into acting class. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So everybody's like, oh, she got to use this talent somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my mom was just so used to it. She didn't think anything of it. But it was other people that's like, girl, you need to do something with her. Like, she is too much. <laughs> Well, you know what? L3 is too much. So let me, let's get into this. All right, let's get into this. So how, tell me, how did the call come through? How did you get involved with Fargo? Like, were you a fan? Did you watch the other three installments? No, I wasn't familiar with um, Fargo before I auditioned for it. So I got the audition for it. Um, I, since I'm not based in LA where most of my auditions come from, I Mm -hmm. recorded on camera and then my, you know, my um, team sends it in. Oh, man. So off the tape. That's cool. Yeah. So that's usually where I get most of my bookings since I'm not based in L.A. But I mm-hmm. did the audition and then uh, about a month. No. Yeah, I did the audition 
And about a month later or so, I got a call back. And then I flew to LA for the call back. And then that's when I auditioned for the second time in front of Noah, the writer, um, the casting directors, and it was the other uh, uh, some more people in the room. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's cool. I mean, like booking things off a tape that can't be easy. So, but yeah, that's cool. I just kind of like it's always interesting to see how the acting bug hits everybody and how they get started. It's actually um, easier, but uh, booking on tape because oh, okay, when you're in the room, like you only you have to get it right that first time. When I'm on oh, tape, I okay. do, I can send in my best tape. Like, I get to record as many times as I want. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's smart. All right. That's cool. Look at you giving us, you giving us the behind the scenes tips. I did not know that. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, for this character, not only are you just in the zone as an actress, you're also narrating through Etherita. So, with these first couple episodes, what was something shocking? Like, cause you were throwing out all kinds of gems. I remember one was, um, uh, history tells us peace doesn't last for long. Like it was just so many gems you were throwing out like the first episode. What, what, what were some facts, um, going into that you were reading the script where you were like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to reveal this or um, it's going to come out of my mouth. Um, not so much, not so much facts that were shocking to me, but just like at the reader's perspective, you know, I've never mm, thought. Yeah. I've never thought of things the way she think of them. Like, um, there's a line that I narrate, narrate that I basically say, um, uh, I can't remember it verbatim, but I basically mm-hmm. say something to the extent of, you know, who decides what our history is? Like, who's writing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's true. They decide what we remember and what we forget. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Wow. Wow. Yeah, Etherita. yeah, she, yeah. Etherita is deep. She don't come to play. I'm telling you, she y'all got to check this out. She don't come to play off the top, right. which is probably why she got a lot of paddle those like paddle whoopings in the beginning. Right. right. <laughs> so everyone, everyone's thoughts and mind and perspective and whatever. yeah, she challenged everyone. Yeah, she does. And do you think that is um kind of moving into that and a little bit too about her relationship with her parents, which by the way, um having a white father, black mother, usually when you have this kind of story, I feel like and you're in um by the way, we're set in the nineteen fifties listeners for um who aren't familiar with the show yet. Um, when you when you're in that kind of time period, usually they kind of you maybe you have like the mom and you know, maybe the dad's not in the picture or something like right. that. So it's very interesting the family, the family dynamic here. Um, what was that like for you um to kind of play that where it's kind of like, like I said, you don't know if she is just really concerned, like she just this is just the way the fi- the family dynamic is, or if she's pressing a little bit too much for some of these details that she finds out. Um, I think which kind of like gets in her way kind of or gets mm-hmm. her in trouble is that she's a problem solver. Ooh, okay. And she's, and especially when it comes to her sensing that something's going on within her household and she needs to get to the bottom of it because mm-hmm. she, know, she knows she can solve anything or ma- majority of anything she can solve. And yeah, yeah so that was, so how you were saying in the in the intro, um, you don't know if she's just being curious or um, snooping around, but no, I th- mm-hmm. more so of her like 
I know I can I can handle whatever problem there is. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. True. Yeah, she shows that yeah. in the episodes that she got it. Yeah, she's. I mean, I just think she's brave. Period. To have a family that owns a mortuary and then she's just walking around right. like right. It's, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. So let's um now. One of the beginning things, too, when she's narrated, we're talking about two um, criminal syndic- uh, syndicates. Which, by the way, I can't believe Chris Rock is like the head of one of these syndicates. Mm-hmm. I never like right. usually he's no coming and bringing the funny. Right. And it's so serious right now. No one could have ever imagined that. But he's doing a hell of a job. Yeah. Yeah. He is amazing. You guys, right. like if you want to see a different side of Chris Rock, you're getting ready to get it because it is. Am- if you haven't seen it yet, it's amazing. Right. Um what about were you were you shocked about um which by the way guys I'm gonna we're gonna do a little bit of reveal for the first five episodes so just like you know mute turn us off for a little bit watch them and come back just you know just everybody has a little heads up but what um were you surprised about the whole kid swapping thing that threw me for a loop I wasn't expecting that one I mean of course I've never heard or seen any of anything like that but then it makes sense because the whole point of them swapping the kids is these are two different mobs. And, you know, when you're a, when it's two different mobs, like there's naturally supposed to be a problem between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And so by them swapping kids, it keeps the violence at a low. Because mm, if you okay. do something to us, just remember mm-hmm. I have your child. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Yep. Yeah, I didn't think about it. I think I was just so caught up in because I think I was the opposite of just like, you know, it's your blood and you don't want anybody else around your kids, you know, protecting right. the kids, you know, because it's somewhat of a d- dangerous situation. But you're right. I mean, if you got kids involved, that makes some people that, you know, sometimes some of the craziest people take a pause. Exactly. Especially if it's your child. Right. Yeah, that is. But yeah, this this show, guys, is is crazy. It has your mind all over the place. Um, What about when... um. Uh, Ethelita finds out um, her parents are now, I mean, not really part of the criminal syndicate, but they end up taking money because they need it. Do you think she, do you think that totally flips what she thinks about them? Or is that just another thing where she's going to try to solve the problem? Um, I don't think it flips what she thinks about them because, you know, remember that like Lloyd Cannon, he is, he's like the, he's the, the bank for the black community. He has a bank for us. Mm-hmm. So, um, they got in, okay, so they, you know, they took a loan out, but they really didn't yeah. get involved in the craziness until they couldn't pay it back. So it's kind of like a hole they kind of dig themselves in unknowingly. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to get them out of that hole as soon as possible. Like, I'm trying to figure, like, what, what can I do to get my parents away from these type of people? Mm-hmm. which is like very brave in itself because i would have been somewhere hiding right, right. <laughs> just the way like lloyd cannon by the way is chris Rock's character the way he was staring at el Therita, i would have just been hiding somewhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what about okay so we have um we got the criminal syndicate going on here now also see el Therita is getting here from both sides we have um an aunt that comes into town that is like she's no let me just i'll just go with she's nobody's punk right now like she'll take some people out right 
And so this is another element into Etheridas, her situation where she's like, okay, dealing with, okay, her parents need this over here. She wants to solve this. Then she has an aunt coming in telling her, you know, kind of in a sense, you know, questioning her morals a little bit, like, hey, what is right? What is wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask you about the, the um, when she had, when she was faced with the opportunity to make a decision of her aunt, her education, was that, were you stunned to read, to, to read about that? Were you stunned to see that in the script? Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I'm used to being the problem solver. And then here I am about to cause a problem. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of like, as you know, speaking as Etherita, that kind of like, that kind of messed my head up kind of, you know, like this is, I'm used to trying to fix things and make sure things work right or fall into place. And now here I am having a giving the option to throw my auntie under the bus. Mm-hmm. And my education is at, it's at, uh, what's the word I want to use? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? My education is at, yeah, as well. and she takes it very serious. Like it's at stake. Yeah, like Ooh. the way it is presented. Um, just because exactly. I've like I won't reveal too much because you guys need to get hit with this. Because this the way I got hit with it, I was like, what is happening right now? The way it is presented to her is like on so many levels wrong that you cannot believe. But it's just like a decision that I was like, man, what is she gonna do? Right. And I just can't wait to see. Like I haven't, I haven't kept going because I'm keeping myself from having spoilers in my head. <laughs> but I can't wait to see like what happens, like what she does. But yeah, it's crazy. It's gonna be very interesting when you do see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's just man, it's just like so many, it's so many ways it goes. Um, but um, I, I guess I'm just trying to what do you have like because I guess we have to be careful of spoilers. Do you have like I guess you can do from the first five episodes, do you have a favorite um scene or maybe something that was kind of challenging for you to film? Um, my most challenging scene. Okay. Um, let's see. Or when were you like, "Ooh, I can't wait for them to see this." Mm. Mm. Wait, I'm trying to. Okay, because I mean, it's probably like all. I mean, really, it's Elder Rita. So I'm about to say it's all of it. Probably. Yeah, all the <laughs> episodes are like just scrambled all over in my head. So. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I'm like, this is probably the worst question to ask actress. Right. Like, what's well, trying to go through different scenes and stuff? If this scene has, like, if it's showed in the episode yet. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, okay. I th- so I just really put you in a box. Okay. Right. I believe it has. Um, I think when I started piecing, my favorite scene is when I started piecing together who Orietta was. Or what she? Was- oh yeah, that did. That's in the first. That's in the earlier. Yeah, that is in the other ones. Yeah, I was. I forgot. Totally. I totally skipped her character. I don't know why I skipped that character because that character. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a whole. That's a whole other level. Yeah. I. Yeah. I think. I love a lot all our scenes together. Like it's she's just she's different in the show. Mm-hmm. And that's putting it mildly. She's yeah. She's different. Right. She's different, <laughs> definitely and. Our characters together, they both challenge each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't figure out, I feel like Eltharita is going to end up having to like, um, not necessarily, I feel like she's going to come to a crossroads with her and I can't wait to see it. Cause I feel like Eltharita is smarter than this lady knows. Right. And so I can't wait to see the way it, like the way it ends up. Cause they both, I feel like you said the, the dynamic is so cool to watch because it's, 
you know, you guys playing off of each other and like one, it's like one is always trying to out slick the other. Right. But if it, but the other one doesn't know how slick the other one is, if that makes sense. Right. It's just that constantly morally, like one on top of the other. Morally, we're two different characters within. Yeah. But then we are the same kind of just like mm-hmm. how smart we are and how challenging we are because Orietta challenges most of like most of the characters she come across. And the, mm-hmm. where I am, I am a challenge for most characters because they undermine how smart I am. And I showed them just yeah. how why they shouldn't undermine me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just like, and by the way, she need to stop baking pies. I'm just what? saying, I don't eat none of them pies, y'all. If she if you ever see her show up at your door, don't eat the pies. Don't do not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that is so cool to see you guys play but yeah i'm loving i'm loving to get to see like the different layers of ethelita because i feel like it's always something different that you don't have a handle on um what um what can you kind of like i don't know if this is another setup but what can you tease for us because we're not going like we're not we're not going beyond episode five so like you can give us like an episode number or a character that maybe we got to look out for that you're going to be interacting with like something that we're going to be like even more shocked than we already are um I can't tell you an episode number because I Oh yeah, I forgot scenes scenes in your head. Yep. <laughs> you know, the majority of them we shot before the pandemic. Well, oh yeah, I keep on forgetting that. Yep, yep, true that. Yeah, I'm asking a lot of wrong questions right now. We only finished the last episode after the pandemic, but I can um I can say what you guys should be looking out for, which I mean, it, it shouldn't be a shocker. Me and Orietta, like, you know, where that goes, mm-hmm. how that plays out. And what yeah, I, I can't wait for that with the information that I now know about her. Mm, yeah. Yeah. When y'all find out the information, mm, mm. it's, it's, it's bad. It's pretty bad. I don't know about, I'm, I'm starting to, yeah, y'all just got to keep watching. I'm just telling you. <laughs> um, all right. So since we, cause you did bring up, um, as we kind of wrap here, because you did bring up the the pandemic, are you like, what are you kind of doing to kind of distract yourselves? Because we need tips any way we can right now. Besides us, like checking out Fargo for this installment, tips. can you give me tips? Because you need tips. What I don't li- listen. Recently, I started putting together like a thousand piece puzzle that is not going really my way right now. But I was trying to like do something different besides just sit and look oh at a TV. My God. I am, but. I've been in. I don't know. It's so hard. Oh, you have? Yeah. See, listen. Nothing to do. I need a. I need something to do. You know, when you don't have a reason to wake up and go do something in the morning, you just feel like a like I just be inside all day and I just feel like a big blob. A blob. I don't know. Like I just. (laughs) I need to do something. I need. Well, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully this is like, well, yeah, they say like, I mean, I know it's hard because I kind of was, I was doing that a little bit too in the beginning. Like, you know, they say you got to get up, you know, get dressed like you're going somewhere and try to find something to like, you know, to keep your mind like, oh, I'm trying to trick my mind. Like, hey, I'm maybe going out today. I need girl like growing grocery shopping is an event. I'm just saying. Waking up in the morning is an event. Like I just, (laughs) I up on a good day is yeah 11 or 10 a.m maybe oh man that's nice see i'm 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 back to working so i can't do that but that's nice though that's cool see you got something going on you know the exact time you're gonna wake up 
Now we just got to find you something else to do after you after you get that point. Right. Yeah. I'm like after breakfast, we got to find out what you're gonna do next. Not even breakfast. <laughs> what? Wake, yeah, I walk, wake up, go walk my dog, and then I go get back in bed. That's it. That's all. <laughs> But you see, you didn't say anything about the dog though. See, you are walking a dog though. See, yeah, I don't have any pets either. See, you do have some responsibility. See, right? Yeah. I mean, besides walking and feeding him, that's all my day. I mean, I mean, I can't. I do have a lot of. I I have been auditioning. I was gonna say. I know you. I know you've been doing something. You ain't trying to fool me, Elderita. Yeah, like coming out of you right now, you ain't trying to fool me that you just sitting there not doing nothing. I've been auditioning. <laughs> I, yeah, I see. I already know. Because, like, we we didn't bring up the past stuff. We see you in Roots and everything. Right. You had an NAACP nominee. Don't try. I know you're doing something. <laughs> trying, to, trying to fool us. Well, you got me. <laughs> well, Imari, I'm going to let you go right now because we need to, like, I'm going to give you some time to come up with something to get your list together of your uh, what you're going to do with the pandemic. Because <laughs> okay. I feel like you got, even though even though I know you hiding, I know you got a list somewhere. I know you're just trying to hide it from us. <laughs> No, I need to seriously write one, a routine schedule every day of being productive. <laughs> well, see, there you go. Well, see, you just kind of gave us a tip, too, because I know some people listening are probably like, well, what am I getting ready to do? Like, are in the same situation. So there you go. Write it out. Get your routine right out because we're going to make it through, y'all. We, we got to get there. You know, 2021, we got to make it through. Yep. Yep. So, well, Imari, thank you so much. It's been so much fun talking to you. Thank you. It's been nice talking to you as well. And again, you guys, fourth installment now, Fargo, FX, check it out. Stay safe, wear your mask, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. Working from home, which is what I do every day, means more time for morning coffee or an occasional afternoon nap. And of course, the opportunity for my two furry felines, Coco and Carmelita, to walk across the keyboard during the middle of a Zoom call, which that may have happened maybe once or twice. But I love having my cats around. I just don't like that litter box. Let's talk about the litter box, right? It's probably the most unpleasant part of cat ownership, but Kitty Poo Club has solved a lot of those problems. So it's an all-in-one litter box solution that's designed to be convenient for you. Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers affordable, high-quality, recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. Now, I like the pre-filled litter of my choice part because, honestly, a lot of the litter that I get in the stores, it's really heavy, it's bulky, I don't like carrying it around to lug into my car from the grocery store, or even when I have it delivered because, you know, I'm lazy like that. Getting it from the front door of my house to the kitchen, it's just a lot of hassle. But these bags are light, airy, and the consistency of the kitty litter is actually really good quality. You can customize your order based on how many cats you have and what type of litter you prefer. And Kitty Poo Club has a no-risk guarantee, and you can easily customize or cancel at any time. And right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering you 20% off of your first order when you set up auto ship by going to kittypooclub.com and entering the promo code NERDS. That's right. Just go to kittypooclub.com and enter the promo code NERDS 
to get 20% off when you set up auto shipping. That's kittypooclub.com. And don't forget to enter the promo code NERDS at checkout. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and you guys know I love a good quote, so I got one for you. We need someone to hear us. This is a quote from a show that is out now by the time you hear this recorded episode called Grand Army and um, out on Netflix. And this quote was said in their trailer. It's said in the show. And I just think it's so important for the time period that we're in right now. Also, just um, just in gen- just thinking about being going back to like teenage years, being 17 and so much going on in your head. You just want somebody to understand you, somebody to hear you. And we have one of the lovely, talented members of the cast, um, Crystal Nelson, with us today. And she plays Tor. And um, first of all, Crystal, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's so cool um, to get to talk to Crystal right now. And I'm going to kind of let her explain Tor to you guys a little bit. Um, But yeah, I just can't wait for you guys to, to check out. Um, this series on Netflix because there are going to be so many questions, so many like virtual conversations because we're all social distancing, so you can't be too close to your friends. But you're going to want to talk about this series. Um, but Crystal, I want to talk before we get into tour. I want to ask you because your first passion is theater. So I was, I'm always curious when you get somebody going from theater to a TV series. What was like a what was a huge difference for you or like a huge challenge? I think for me, when I first started theater in high school, it was kind of just to like break me out of my bubble of being uncomfortable in front of people or be awkward or, you know, that like having that stage fright. So that's why I first joined theater. Um, and then mm-hmm. to be able to play characters that I looked up to or characters that I wanted to be impactful to others. And it, and it broke that stage fright for me and made me feel like, you know, I was in the right place. It made me feel welcomed. It didn't make me feel like an outsider. And um, transitioning that into TV is, is very different because as you are in a like you are acting in front of other people. It's not the amount of other people that you do on stage for theater until it mm. airs. By that time, you've already made all your like choices. All the editing has been done. Like it's just already ready for people to see it. When you're on stage, yeah, you can't be like, happens, "Oh, I want to take it back." Yeah, whatever happens <laughs> on stage, whatever you do, that's what they see right away, and that's really different for me. I think it was a lot easier for me to do TV because I had that opportunity to keep on doing different takes. As for being on mm-hmm. stage, it's like right when I perform, whatever they see first that comes out of my mouth, that's that's what they get. So, <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I'm loving what's coming out your mouth on uh, Grand Army, by the way, because it is it was just such a nice, refreshing, like just just kind of dip in and out of, you know, the drama that is teenage life that goes on in this show that you guys keep it real and just right in your face. Like there's there's no punches pulled on this, you guys, about um, what these characters are experiencing. So tell me about um, becoming part of Grand uh, the Grand Army cast and what you liked about playing tour, why you wanted to say yes to the project. Well, I had just gotten the opportunity to audition for Grand Army a little after a year of me being with a, a talent agency. So it was really exciting to to go into auditioning for a character who I always wanted to be like when I was in school, you know, feel confident, um, feel welcomed, feel like, you know, I, I was going to make it, you know. Um, so it was mm-hmm. nice to transition into like auditioning for the role and then getting the role. It felt really, really nice. Um, I also was into basketball before I started theater. That was like my first love. So to be auditioning for a role that was a high school student who was in the theater, but also played on a basketball team, I was like getting the best of both worlds for myself. 
And um, yeah, just becoming tour was exciting. It felt like, you know, I, I started being more confident when I got into my 20s and in my teenage years, I wasn't. And for tour, she owns everything about herself. Mm-hmm. So it was it was tough in the beginning because it brought me back to my high school year. But it also reminded me like what I'm doing right now with tour is going to help other students in high school and in middle school. So I just wanted to go full force into it. And I just had an amazing time. Filming was amazing. I had I built so many friendships with the cast and the crew and mm-hmm. I knew I was in the right place. Yeah, I mean, and it, it is so cool to see her like, so So you guys, that's cool to know, you guys actually were like getting to play basketball, like you guys are shooting threes and stuff on oh, the court. Yeah, yeah, we had our full on workout um, before even starting a filming day. We were in the gym practicing different, um, different skills and doing different plays and seeing what would look, you know, the best for that, for that scene. You know, we didn't want to overdo it, you know, but we definitely mm-hmm. like, we were on the court for a while. I think one of the days my favorite day we got on set and they were like, okay, we want y'all to run drills. And I was on the court for like an hour and a half. I totally forgot that I was working because I just bounced back (laughs) into my love of basketball. And they were like, okay, we're going to start filming. I'm like, oh, that's right. We are filming. So that was a good day for me. Yeah, that's cool. Like seeing some of these drills, you guys, I was like, man, I would not want to be on this basketball team. Like it was hardcore. And like some of my, and also some of my favorite moments were probably like you guys in the locker room and everything. Like getting to see this girl squad, um, this crew in the locker room was just hilarious to me at all times. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, you can definitely see our relationship, our friendship right there. And that scene just shows that we're so in sync with each other. And then we always find a way to find that like, that balance to just bring happiness and laughter to even tough situations. And that's what I love about our group. And so what was it like playing with Odalie and Naya and Brittany? What was all that like having you guys just to be together on set? Cause I just think anytime you get to see the black females get to have that, you know, that strong, confident champion role, being there for each other. I just think it's, is um, absolutely amazing. Just representation all the time on camera that we need. Um, so what was that like for you guys? I know you said it was a lot of fun to kind of play on the set and everything like that. Yes. Um, oddly Cruz and, and Brittany, they are, I mean, us together, it just, it just, it was supposed to be the way it was. We were all supposed to get casted for these roles because we just became such great family. I mean, the first day that we met, right when I got ready to walk into, um, to get into the van that was picking me up, Brittany and Cruz were already inside. And as soon as I like opened the door, they both look at me and they say, Tor. Like they knew, they knew <laughs> I was Tor. They could feel the energy. And that's when I was like, you know what? We're going to be just fine. From that day on, we spent every single day together in Canada and in New York. Um, we were always always over each other's hotel room, just whether we were rehearsing, watching movies, watching music videos. Like We created such a beautiful bond together that made filming on set so beautiful because we had to hold that friendship and we built a real friendship so that it was easy to deliver on, on scene. You know, on, on screen, you see ourselves and you're like, dang, they must have known each other forever. We just met yeah. them, you mm-hmm. know? But it was so beautiful that we could grow a off-screen friendship and bring that into an on-screen friendship. So it was amazing working with them for sure. And to just have yeah, you guys support. go ahead, go ahead, oh, no, go ahead. That support from from other females and and mm-hmm. and the love and just know that like you're not alone. You know, we got you, we got your back. We we built a strong relationship in that sense to be able to feel like confident doing some of us being our first big roles. So that means Yeah, yeah, that was you guys look like you together. You're truly right. It looked like you guys were together for years. Like this had already been a show that's been out for like years, seasons to come. Yeah, that's what that's that was important to me. I wanted people to feel the real 
friendship. And we didn't walk into it thinking we were going to all know each other and be friends. It just, it just happened like that. And we were very blessed to have that opportunity and to make it be shown on screen so that people can relate to it. Because I mean, even if you're having a tough time in school, you do have that friend group that you can, uh, you know, mm-hmm. be a part of and that, you know, yep. like they got your back no matter what. And that's what our group is all about. A lot of support in our group. And, I, and speaking of like support, too, I love the way this show deals with some very um, heavy topics um, like, you know, close, uh, close acquaintance, sexual assault, shaming, sexual exploitation and just who you can lean on, who you can confide in when you guys are at like what Grand Army is one of the largest high schools in Brooklyn. Um, and so just all those different things hit you guys at once. And just like you said, you have your group of friends that you can kind of lean on, you know, sometimes a certain people in your family just to deal with all these heavy issues. Um, one thing about tour though, specifically, I want to talk to you about, um, representation for the LGBTQ community. Um, what was that like for you to be able to bring that, that side, um, that character and what are you kind of, what are you hoping people take about that watching tour? Well, for me in being in school, um, my middle and high school, I didn't ever feel comfortable to come out and to let people know that I was a part of the LGBTQ community and proud to be a part of it because it just mm-hmm. didn't feel like I had that safe space. And then it was a it was a new topic for my parents and for my family, not in the sense they didn't know about it, but just you know, I did just didn't feel like I had that space to do so. Um, and right. before, I feel like she's owned it since day one and she was proud and she wasn't afraid to just say like, this is who I am. And mm-hmm. playing a character like that and being able to portray that character and show it to all the young teens and young adults out there who may feel a little scared to, to either come out or not feel like they have a safe space to come out to anybody. You know, I want her to be like, you know what, like, like you can do it, you know, and, and you can also have a good life while being who you are because Tor, she, you can see when you watch the show, she's happy. She's confident. She's always pushing mm-hmm. love onto others. And I think that a lot of kids who are part of the LGBT community or, or might be going in that direction and like noticing that about themselves. I think they need, I think they need some tour in their life. They need to know that like, you can be confident in who you are and in your own skin and you should be loved for it. You shouldn't be treated any differently. And in this mm-hmm. show, Tor is treated with respect by everybody in school. So I think that's a huge thing for for Grand Army to have portrayed to to our audience. Yeah. And I like the way, like you said, it's very it's very subtle the way it's put in, because like you said, she's not isolated. Everybody is accepting her for who she is um, and you get to see the strong confidence. So, yeah, I think that is going to be amazing um, to see people's reactions um, from that. Um, also too, you guys, and not to give away too much for everybody, you guys at the top of the show are hit with like a pretty big thing that's going on in the neighborhood. Um, what yeah. was that? What what was that like playing that? Cause you know, we all know like we're social distance right now. Everybody's virtual. So, I mean, there's still this, uh, there's still this kind of uneasiness, you know, being a teen, having to go to school these days. Um, but you know, just thinking about just safety in general and you guys having to deal with that weight, it's kind of like one of a big, uh, one of the bigger plot points going throughout the season. What was that like playing that? What's crazy is you, you hear that explosion sound, um, and the, mm-hmm teaser or in the trailer and everyone's you know i'm sure everyone watching it is just like shocked and like so concerned for us but the crazy mm-hmm. thing is, like even without that students are going through things that are so explosive that right that teachers and parents don't even notice and don't even realize and it shouldn't take hearing something or seeing something so crazy happen for you to to walk into your your child's bedroom and be like 
do, do you need help? Do you need anything? What can I do for you? You can come to me and talk to me. So I feel like that just opens up what Grand Army is going to be like and what the kids are actually dealing with. And that's just another another plot for you to be like, okay, they're going through that. That just happened. That that huge, crazy moment just happened. And now they have to be in school. Well, what about all the other things they deal with? What about what about everything mm-hmm. else, you know? So I feel like it's just, we're just trying to call on on people to just to just listen, you know, like every single student, even now in this world, just, they just, they need to be heard and they need to feel comfortable and safe to be able to, to open up to whoever they're talking to. And that's what this mm-hmm. show, this show is going to make you want to be like, dang, have I been listening to my kids? Have, have I ever told my child that they can come to me and talk to me with like open ears and an open heart? So. Right. And you can even see that, like the way I love the way they have the, um, you know, the different uh, phrases and different thoughts, you know, coming into the episode, leaving out of the episode to really make you think, OK, you know, wow, is this on my kid's mind every day? You know, our teens, you know, this new generation, Gen Z, um, you know, is this what they're facing every day? You know, there's just like new constant new changes just for adults. So you imagine being a teenager thrown into this world is 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 going to be very interesting. Um, you know, like we keep saying to see every hear everybody's opinions, see what they think, um, because, yeah, it's very unfiltered. I think it's a new, in my opinion, just a new way to do teen drama that you haven't seen before. Exactly. And I don't I think that um, Katie writing into the show, this huge um dramatic thing that happens in the beginning is just like an open door for all the other things that are happening to kids right now, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what's happening in the show. Every plot is relatable. Every every kid, every cast member can be relatable to students and young adults in this world. And that was one of the most powerful, powerful things that I think Katie could have done with this show. And what was um what was for you um whether it was somebody whether it was another character you were kind of reading the script or going through and you're like oh my gosh but was there like a a challenging moment for you a moment where you like oh my gosh I can't believe we just we're gonna play this out right now or they're gonna see this right now was there any moment kind of like that for you on set I think one uh one moment that comes to me is uh, after building such a great friendship with with the girls um mm-hmm. what made it hard is one of the scenes I have to be I have to be pretty stern and be pretty like pretty serious and mm, a yeah. lot of my character is really funny and exciting and like just all over the place so having to switch up and be you know that serious person who's like you know what I'm gonna put my foot down that was really that was really different to me because I couldn't detach myself from talking to the character as like themselves I had to I had to get out of crystal and go into tour and that was that mm-hmm. was a struggle for me but with the with the help from our directors um on set that day they really helped me just like just connect with tour in a way of like if I want to be heard correctly and I want to be understood then I got to step away from all the jokes and and have some serious moments so that people think and people know that I that I mean business when I'm trying to get out what I want to say for the other kids in the school so yeah, and it was and it was very well done on your part because it was a very shocking moment, you know, because it was very much not her, not Taurus character. So you were like, whoa, you know, it was that pause in the scene a little bit. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, though, going forward, because I'm just going to speak it into existence now. We don't know for sure because it's just out. But going into like a going into a um, I was going to say next season, but I don't know if that'd be hard for you without spoiling everything. <laughs> so I was going to say, what do you want? I guess, what do you want? Maybe what do you want people to see for tour, like going forward? Or what are you excited for them to see? I think if we are blessed with the second season, I would truly love for um, for Tor's character to grow and for for Grand Army to dive deeper into her life. Um, because mm, yeah. 
I think that with everything going on, um, Black Lives Matter, Black trans, Black mm-hmm. gay, by all that, like a part of the LGBTQ, we we need to be heard too. And I think that I yeah. think that we can dive more deep into Tor's character and and see how she is able to conquer um, high school in general because not every not every kid feels like they can make it in middle school and in high school. And I feel like Tor's is starting to shine a little light that you can be confident. But I know that she didn't just like start with her confidence. I know she went up with some ups and downs and I know she went through things and then just showing that relationship with like her family members and, and outside of school, you know? So I would love for them to touch more on her life. Um, and just how she's, how she's doing it. So, yeah, I mean, Hey, fingers crossed manifestations for season two. I'm with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll definitely be cool. Now we can't, we can't, I can't let you leave. We got to talk about this YouTube channel you got. Because oh. this is this is where I was coming at the uh, the tech side of it. Because I saw you unboxing here, and you were throwing out a lot of camera terms and everything. And the black girl nerd in me was like, "Okay, okay, I see what she, I see what she's going on this. Like you like wall mounting cameras and everything. So like, give us, give us the wind up, the pitch for the for the YouTube channel. Like, tell us the name and all that kind of stuff. Yes, you yes, you got some good videos going down. My YouTube channel is currently named Y E O. So yo. It's Crystal, Y-E-O-I-T-S-C-R-Y-S-T-A-L. Um, I basically have been a YouTube nerd for, wow, for years. I've, I started on YouTube when I was 12, and that was like my little outlet to just be myself, be free, and to know that like no matter who was judging me, like I was allowed to post something and go on with my day, you know? So it was a yeah. beautiful outlet for me. And right now I'm just, I'm just pushing positivity on my YouTube, bringing smiles to people's faces and just encouraging people to be creative and spread love. And, uh, and then also getting all tech savvy when it comes to trying new gear. Cause I'm addicted to that. I love getting new cameras. I love electronics. Like that's, that's what my, my studio is all filled with. Um, but yeah, I mean, my YouTube is, YouTube is just filled with love, positivity, and just trying new things. Um, I'm working on building a studio right now because I've always dreamed of having a creator studio. I feel like what blocks creatives from getting started is not having that safe space or that comfortable space to just do their thing. And so I'm just mm, trying to yeah. out different ways that I can make that happen for the for the community that's around my area. And then hopefully I can do bigger and better things for people around the world. So. We'll see. Yeah, that'll be that'll be real cool. You guys got to check out some of her vlogs on here because you got you got the behind the scenes with the cast and Canada oh, yeah. everything. That's really cool. So yeah, you guys got to check it out. Yes, for sure. We have. Um, I think I started uh doing I started vlogging um the behind the scenes because when I was younger and I was getting into acting, I was like, dang. Mm-hmm. Every time I search on YouTube, like, what's it like being on set? What's it like being offset? What actors like? I couldn't find anything. I was yeah, so true. Yeah. 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 I would find like a few behind the scenes things for like how they do like flips and tricks. But I mean like mm-hmm. real life, like actor stuff. So I just felt like I could be the one to bring that to the YouTube community. And that's what I'm trying to do. So you'll definitely find a lot of um, on set, offset vlogs. You'll find behind the scenes. I have a really cool documentary coming too. Um, so yeah, definitely go on my page, subscribe so you can. You can stay up to date with what's going on with Grand Army. Yeah, this is going to, you guys, you guys, go, you're not ready for the YouTube channel. You're not ready for Grand Army, but we're bringing it. We're bringing it to you right now. And um, Crystal, definitely star on the rise. I cannot wait to see what you're going to come up with. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And shout out to Black Girl Nerds for just having me on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate, we appreciate the shout out. Anytime, you know, any, and anytime you want to nerd out with us, please feel free to come back. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm already planning things right now. 
<laughs> I love it. Uh, you guys stay safe out there. Again, check out Grand Army now on Netflix. Um, so yeah, keep on adding to that binge list because some of us are social distancing, can't really do much right now. So, you know, binge it, check it out. Um, share your thoughts virtually with everybody because I'm telling you, you will be talking about this series. And um, yeah, so you guys stay safe. It's getting closer to vote time. So remember to vote. And um, bye. Thanks again, Crystal. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And we are part two, guys, of the Grand Army Breakdown, so to speak, because I am continuing to talk about this show. Uh, I'm so excited to be able to talk to some of the cast about this because you guys will be virtually, however you social distance, have your conversation with your friends, you will be talking about this. Um, especially if you're a teen going through it right now, going through the pressures of high school, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so this is cool. Joining me now is um, Alfonso Romero Jones, the second, and he plays John Ellis, you guys. And you'll know why I said it like that if you actually check out the show. Because <laughs> um, he has so it's just it's re- it's just cute. Let me just let me just keep it like that um, before we get into it. But Alfonso, you can hear his laugh in the background. Thank you for joining me. Hi, how you doing? I'm so excited to be um, uh, on this podcast right now. Yeah, well, thank you. We're excited. I'm excited to have you because I feel like this is like going to be the new teen drama because Netflix is not put like it was no filter on this at all with you, what you guys had to explore and bring to the screen. So, yeah, it's going to be really cool to see people's opinions about it. Right. Um, but before we get into um, to John Ellis real quick, tell me about um, because I listen, whether it is live action, whether it is um broadway animated lion king is hands down one of the best ever so you got to tell me about playing young simba on broadway real quick before we get into before we get into john ellis okay um so i was young simba in the lion king on broadway from 2009 to 2011 and i started when oh, i was wow. yeah okay, i started cool. when i was nine years old so that was a spectacular experience for me um uh, mm-hmm. being able to hold down like the whole first half of the show and really just capture the entire audience with my performance. Um, it was a it was a great experience for me. And I learned a lot while I was doing it. And what's the big um it's really cool because this is actually for Grand Army based off a of play and then having um some of the cast having like yourself having that theater background. What was like the biggest um and actually going into some other roles as well, what was the biggest difference from you for theater and then um being on a series like this? What were some of like the bigger challenges? I think the biggest challenge is with theater, you get one try or not one try, but you get like one go at the performance. Mm-hmm. You're playing right. a, a, a through line performance. Whereas when you're doing a series and you're shooting television, you get uh, takes, you know, you get the mm-hmm. different tries, you get to try different motivations. You get to experiment a little bit where every, where every take to try. And then it's up to the editors to decide how they put the scene together. So I guess that's probably the biggest challenge is not mm-hmm. making every take feel the same, trying to make every time you do your scene new and fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's got to be such an interesting challenge. Yeah, because on stage, it's like you're done and it's over on camera. You got to you can think about it a little bit like, oh, I could have did this. Yeah, but they edited it and put it together. Yeah. Um, so now let's get into, um, Grand Army, John Ellis. Um, I have to mention in case you listen to this, my sister was rooting for you so hard in this series. Um, like I said, when you guys watch this on Netflix, um, right, that's out right now, you guys will understand. Um, but from the top, so tell us, 
um, how you got involved in Grand Army and what is your favorite? Because I know what my favorite part is. What's your favorite part of John Ellis? Um, so how I got a part of Grand Army, I was mm-hmm. actually in my sophomore year of college when I got the audition for it. And so that's when I started to really prepare for the role. And I had already known Katie Cappiello, the writer, beforehand because I took her. Okay. I took her acting classes, and um, she's really a mentor to me um, mm-hmm. outside of the industry. Um, so when it came down to actually auditioning for the show, I knew how big of an opportunity it was, and I didn't want to mess it up. So I was really paying attention to like every time I was going into the audition room, trying to make sure I did my best performance. And mm-hmm. I think I auditioned three times for it twice twice i did twice by myself and then one time with oddly who plays uh dominique we did a chemistry mm-hmm. test and after that audition is when i really felt like i'm like okay this is uh this is this is it like there was gonna be me and her and like we're gonna be doing this we're gonna be dom and john and like we kind of came up with this thing right there like dom and john for life like you know what i'm saying yeah yeah yep. really, and you accidentally understand that when you watch this guy <laughs> it, yeah, really, it really cool it really came to uh came to fruition um and to the to the second part of the question i think my favorite uh-huh. part about john ellis is the fact that yes he is an athlete and yes he is a heartthrob uh-huh. yes you know what i'm saying he's a very nice person but he's also politically active and he stands mm, on yeah. things, you know, he stands on, he stands on uh, his beliefs and he's not afraid to speak out and be a leader. And I think that's very important for people to see on mm. TV right now, because a lot of people who are under the age of 18 feel like um, they don't have any, that like, they don't have any power to to change things or try to motivate people. And that's exactly what we're doing in Grand Army. So I hope it expires, inspires those who are maybe not old enough to vote to still want to be active in the political climate. Yeah. And before, too, um, I definitely want to dive back, dive into this a little bit more, too, because that's one of the things yeah, I really loved about um, getting to see John on screen, um, definitely targeting that age group. But I want to go back to Ali Jean for a minute because you guys have such a cute anytime you can see, especially when you're talking about the teen world, because we don't always get an opportunity for that representation. Um, such a cute, um, such a cute couple and such a cool chemistry you guys have. Uh, what was that like playing with her on set? And um, what were kind of you? I guess we don't want to give too much away from them, but what was like a favorite moment for you? A favorite scene? Okay, me and Oddly, we've known each other for at least a few years now. But this oh, okay. is yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely across. because she she was in Katie Capiello's acting classes as well too, and she was also in um. Slept the play, I believe. Okay, okay. So, yeah, we've been seeing each other and been around each other for like a few years. But in this space, we've grown even closer. Um, she's like, yo, like that. That's really like, that's really a close friend of mine. Um, mm-hmm. So, playing with her, it was just very natural. And it, we really didn't have to try that hard. It was really just like, we knew how much we knew how important it was for black love to be seen on screen. And that was mainly the motivation between, between the two of us while we were doing our scenes. And that's the thing that was going into the back of our heads. Like we need to make sure that we show people that you know black love exists. Right. Yeah. And I think my yeah, favorite was... moment. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go to your favorite moment. Go ahead. Oh yeah. My favorite moment is when we were doing the scene 
hold on. Can I can I specifically talk about the scene? Because like this is out right now. Well, when this yeah. comes out, so it yeah, be we'll out. go. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give them. We will, it won't be because I feel like you're talking about one scene because you guys have so many cute moments. So yeah, we'll yeah. give them. We'll give them one scene. Okay, so when we were shooting the scene, um, when we were coming back from the BSU fundraiser, and we're mm, going into okay. the house, mm-hmm. before that scene, we had Katie coming up to us and saying like, "Oh, we need more energy. Like, you guys have to. Be, you ha- you guys have because we shot it on like two separate days. So yeah." So we're like, oh, she's like, oh, you need more energy. You're coming from a party. Like, it's like you guys are having fun. It's the time of your life. Like, you really have to make sure that you're showing that when you walk in the door. So we're like, okay. So we have to find a way to, like, manufacture some some party energy. So we just start <laughs> rapping Pop Smoke. Like, baby, welcome to the party. I'm on the mother's Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's we, cool. We, yeah. We're, like, rapping Pop Smoke, Pop Smoke before every take. And we were like partying and <laughs> dancing over there. And then we would come in cracking up laughing every time. Yeah, it was very special between us. Yeah, I was gonna ask, but yeah, because you guys look like you said, you can you you cannot fake how great this chemistry is. Um, because it definitely comes across on camera. And I was yeah, I was that was gonna be my next question. Like a lot of the the um the music that was in the show, and you guys just look like the cast in general just looked like you guys had fun and really got to know each other yeah. off screen. Um, do you have besides that kind of like dance moments where you got do you have any other kind of um really cool cast moments you want to share with us behind the scenes stuff? Uh yeah, like I'll besides me and Ali's relationship, I grew very close with Malik Johnson. Like okay. I seen I seen Malik at my last audition for Grand Army. And mm-hmm. I when he came out of the room, I told him like, yo, I'll see you in Canada because I was pretty sure that he was gonna be there too. Just like I was. <laughs> yeah. I was like, see you in Canada. And then when we get to Canada, he was like one of the first people I linked up with. And we was really kicking it every day, going over lines and uh eating together and stuff. Like we really became close friends as well because when you're out mm-hmm. in another country for the first time, it was a lot of our first time being out in another country alone. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we just gravitated towards each other. Yeah, because it was so cool. Yeah, a lot of you guys posted, which I think is so cool, too, about the cast. Um, You know, with you guys being first time in Canada and everything, a lot of you guys posted, like, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, which I thought was really cool you guys would do, because you don't always get to see that. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's just real interesting to find out, you know, a lot of you guys' first times in Canada. And um, did you guys have any, any uh, like, like favorite uh, eating spots or favorite places you know? Because I've never been to Canada, so you, you're giving me a little lesson right now. Oh, yeah. Um, downtown Toronto, Earl's. Yes. Oh, okay. Earl's restaurant. Um, I went. I used to get. I used to get the. Uh, what was that called? The Cajun salmon. Yeah. Oh I used wow, to get the that Cajun great. salmon with yeah. the mashed potatoes and asparagus. It would uh-huh. hit every time. Didn't matter. <laughs> Didn't matter how many times I've been there in one week. It would still hit, and I was upset yeah. because I found out about it almost towards the end of shooting. Ooh. So like yeah. I really got like maybe two months of eating at Earl's, but mm-hmm. we we did the most with it. Like so many times, the whole cast got together and ate there. And if it wasn't the whole cast, it was me and Malik. Or when my family came there, I took them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. yeah. You guys look like like I said, you guys you guys will not believe the chemistry of this cast, and you check this out because you cannot fake that kind of stuff. Because you you especially when we're talking about a team drama and the the heavy issues that you guys have to touch on. 
you have to be able to see that connection to be able to lean on each other. Um, but speaking of which, too, going back to what you kind of touched on um, about John being part of the Black Student Union. And then there there was so many uh, pivotal scenes um, talking about, um, you know, racial inequality with mm-hmm. um, Black students in school. What were some of... I guess not necessarily some of the shocking things, because sometimes you kind of know being in a black community, some things that are overlooked um, as far as like students, um, you know, teen, uh, teens and going throughout school and and different uh, resources that aren't available. So what was some of the moments, I guess, maybe that you were sh- maybe a little bit shocked you had to play out or you're you're kind of excited to see what people's reaction will be to it? Um, I think when when we actually had the meeting with Principal Meta. And that scene, mm, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. That was a scene that I was the most excited to to play out because mm-hmm. here we are, the students and the administrator, and this is the time when they're supposed to really be listening to us and actively attentive and wanting to help, right? Change something, right? And we're given the best. We're given our best in that scene. Like so many facts, and we're well spoken. You know, like there's. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So and to see how he responds to that was just tough to play out every time Mm because it was really Mm -hmm. making me upset. I'm like, why? Why don't you want to pay more attention to what's going on in this room? What's more important outside the room than in this room right now? Mm -hmm. And why don't you want to give us the time of day that we're asking you for? Literally, we shut the whole school down. And now, right, exactly. now we have this meeting where we're supposed to really get to the bottom of things and you still won't get there with us. So I think that scene, I was excited to play out and I'm excited for people to see it and see what their responses is to that. Mm-hmm. And just in general, too, um, you know, like Alphonse, I feel like you did an amazing job. It's like the entire you guys are thrown like we're talking about just sexual assault, shaming. You guys are throwing some heavy topics that um I think people will really have to sit down with, you know, their kids or maybe teens will sit down and talk to each other because it's it's seeing their peers kind of play it out or, you know, young people in general, how are you talking about voting and just being aware of that kind of stuff, you know, when you step away from your phone for just a little bit. So I think it'll be, um, I can't wait to see what kind of feedback and everything you guys are going to get from this. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm excited because this is the right time for it mm-hmm. and it's really needed. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I can't let you go um, without talking about because you already talked about music a little bit, but you do have a pretty cool rap career going on right now (laughs) as far as acting. So tell me about um, TKP Nook. Tell me about like the name, all that kind of stuff, because you have your album um, Romero out right now. So tell us about that. So my name is TKP Nook. That's what I go as when I uh, make my music. TKP comes from my click name when I was in high school. And Nook is my nickname from when I was a little small child. My dad gave me that nickname when I was leaving the hospital. <laughs> and it stuck. Yeah. My whole family still calls me Nook to this day. Like, Alfonso almost doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, it's, that's it's cool really, to know. It is really like that. But, mm. um, yeah, I was rapping. I started rapping seriously after my junior year of high school. Mm. And I really started taking it serious, serious once I got to college. And I saw how people really liked me, you know, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when you're in your city, it's it's like that's your realm and you feel like this is where you're comfortable at. But once I went to college and I seen people who I was just meeting 
start to gravitate yeah. towards my music, I'm like, okay, so I really have, I'm onto something right here. Like, this is something I should keep right. doing because I love it and people love it. So I shouldn't stop. And then that's how the album Romero got created, which is named after my middle name, Romero, which I get from my father. But um, okay. yeah. And so that project meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like I was kind of listening to it, jamming it out this morning because sometimes you just need, you know, I feel like you just need a little hip hop rap in your life sometimes, just to kind of because you can get so many emotions, feelings out. Because it almost sounded like you were you were venting on a lot of the songs you have. Like I know that's probably hard for you to choose because it's your, um, you know, you do all of the songs on the album. But what do you have like a favorite song, like something that was really, um, really close to you that you had to record? Um, I think the outro on Romero. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. When I made that song, I was literally in my dorm and my friends were around me and I was just thinking about my future and thinking mm-hmm. about how I didn't want to be in the position that I was at that time a year from then. And oh, wow. I was just think- yeah. I was just like really like I was pushing I was pushing myself really hard cuz I'm like I want to make it and I don't want I don't want anything to come between between that, me and my goal. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. at the time, Grand Army, it really wasn't, it really wasn't in the picture yet. So mm, I was okay. really just speaking off what I wanted, you know, the things that I wanted to attain and, and like knowing that the sun was going to show eventually, you know, even right, though, like, right, yeah. even though there are storm clouds, the sun show. And mm-hmm. then when everything started to pan out, that song is even more special to me now because it's literally a picture into where I was before, you know, life changing events. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like close to the, cause I'm thinking about the album. Now. I think that's like close towards the end, which is really cool. Cause it, yeah. like I said, yeah. it catches you off guard. Cause you have a lot of cool, like venting moments within the album that mm-hmm. I think are really cool. That are people going to, you know, just like you said, another way for young people, another expression that you don't think, that a lot of, you know, the generation where you're talking about Gen Z, millennials, don't get a chance to always express themselves that way. And they're like, okay, are you listening to what I'm saying? So it's it's really cool to kind of see you do that in the album. Yeah, that's really what I try to do. I try to make my music personal and try to have it be honest. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what people gravitate to the most when they can really feel you through your music. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, well, you guys definitely check out um, Romero. Um, wherever you guys stream your music, it's out. Um, also we, you can feel, um, Alfonso, Nook, however you want to go by calling them. Uh, we're going to call him John Ellis. Cause we're, we're filling them in grand army. So hey. you guys are definitely going to feel that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, like I said, you guys definitely go Netflix, check it out. Um, um, as, um, before we were talking about earlier, make sure you go out and vote, make sure you guys stay safe and Alfonso, AKA Nook. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank the black girl nerds podcast. Oh, thank you. See, we appreciate the shout outs anytime. So, you know, always come back and nerd out with us anytime. I will. (laughs) Bye, guys. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.